Welcome to the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. Every week we examine a chapter from the Bible and share music filled with God's Word. You can find our weekly content by searching Adams Road Podcast on your podcast app. Let's start today by listening through Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 16. Now when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came from the sky a sound like the rushing of a mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Tongues like fire appeared and were distributed to them, and one sat on each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other languages as the Spirit gave them the ability to speak. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men, from every nation under the sky. When this sound was heard, the multitude came together and were bewildered because everyone heard them speaking in his own language. They were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Behold, aren't all these who speak Galileans? How do we hear everyone in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, the parts of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them speaking in our languages the mighty works of God. They were all amazed and were perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? Others, mocking, said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and spoke out to them, You men of Judea, and all you who dwell at Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and listen to my words. For these aren't drunken, as you suppose, seeing it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what has been spoken through the prophet Joel. Okay, today we're in Acts chapter 2. Back to verse 1, it says, Now when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all with one accord in one place. Now the day of Pentecost was a Jewish feast held 50 days after Passover. It was a time to celebrate the first fruits of the harvest. Now Jewish tradition viewed Pentecost as the day commemorating the law being given to Israel. Here on this New Testament day of Pentecost, the church receives the Holy Spirit. Also interesting to note, at the giving of the law, 3,000 perished because of their sinful rebellion against God. That was at Mount Sinai when Moses went up to the mountain and came down with the Ten Commandments. Remember the people went kind of crazy and made for themselves a golden calf. They had transgressed God's law, which had barely been written in stone. But here, contrast that with on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, about 3,000 were saved because of their faith in Jesus. Is that a coincidence? I don't think anything in Scripture is a coincidence. We know that the law brings wrath, and the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Note they were all with one accord in one place. Often God moves powerfully among his people when they're gathered in unity. Ever been together with a group of Christians unified in fellowship, prayer, worship, and the study of God's word? Jesus promises that where two or three are gathered in his name, he will be among them. 
Have you ever experienced the powerful working of God's Spirit among His people while being together in unity? From Acts chapter 1, we know there were 120 people gathered in an upper room. It's possible they were even gathered in a home, but not many homes of that day could hold 120 people. Some have suggested that this upper room may have been part of the temple courts. The temple courts were a huge structure that had rooms, porches, and colonnades. Verse 2. Suddenly there came from the sky a sound like the rushing of a mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. So in both the Hebrew and Greek languages, the word for spirit is actually the same word for breath or wind. Jesus said in John chapter 3, speaking in Nicodemus, The wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from and where it's going. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Kind of a fun play on words, and an appropriate description as such, seeing that the sound of the Spirit came on the day of Pentecost like the rushing of a mighty wind. Verse 3 of Acts 2 says, Tongues like fire appeared and were distributed to them, and one sat on each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other languages as the Spirit gave them the ability to speak. Maybe we can connect this imagery of tongues like fire resting on the disciples with what John the Baptist had prophesied in Matthew 3.11. He mentioned that he baptized with water, but that Jesus would baptize them with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, fire is used at times in Scripture in connection with judgment, but it's also used at times as a picture for refinement. Fire cleanses. It burns away what's temporary, leaving only what'll last. Here in Acts 2, the believers were receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. God was beginning a good work in them that He brings to completion at the day of Christ. The Holy Spirit guides, convicts, He empowers gifts, and sanctifies us. We are being transformed from one degree of glory to another, and this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Verse 5, Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men, from every nation under the sky. And when the sound was heard, the multitude came together and were bewildered, because everyone heard them speaking in his own language. If it's true that the 120 disciples were in or near the temple courts when the Spirit came upon them and others heard the sound, I could imagine how a large crowd would gather pretty quickly. We find out later in this chapter that about 3,000 were saved that day. Maybe the crowd came from people already in the area, hanging around the temple courts. Verse 7 says, They were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Behold, aren't all those who speak Galileans? Galileans were kind of like the Hicks of Israel, the Beverly Hillbillies, if you will. Many saw them as uncultured, uneducated, as well as poor speakers. So for the people to hear this crew of misfits suddenly proclaiming the mighty works of God in languages these Galileans had probably never learned, it must have been quite a trip. Verse 8, How do we hear everyone in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them speaking in our language the mighty works of God. So the Holy Spirit had fallen upon the believers and enabled them to proclaim the mighty works of God clearly and fluently in everyone's own native language 
incredible. Over the previous centuries, Jews had been dispersed all over the known world to the surrounding nations. For Pentecost, which was once a year, it was custom for them to travel from those foreign lands to Jerusalem. No doubt this miracle would have caught their attention. They're hearing these unlearned country folk articulating God's mighty works in languages they had never previously learned. Moving on, starting in Acts 2.12, they were all amazed and were perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? Others mocking said, they're filled with new wine. Saying these Galileans were merely drunk seemed like a hardened response to an undeniable miracle that had just taken place here. I wonder if we ever try to downplay moves of God through His Spirit, perhaps because we don't want to encounter the change God is ready to work in our lives. So we come up with excuses and alternative explanations to justify our choice to deny these miraculous signs. How many times did Jesus work a miracle in front of unbelieving Jews, and instead of believing Jesus and submitting to His teachings, they looked for opportunities to discredit Him so that they could justify their rejection of Him. Ultimately, Jesus was a threat to them. Believing the miracle would mean they weren't in control. Believing the miracle meant there was someone greater than themselves to whom they should look and trust. Believing the miracle might mean surrender and change, letting go, losing something. But those whose hearts were prepared to receive the grace of God had a different response. They didn't mock. They weren't looking to downplay the miracle or discredit it. They were amazed and inquisitive. They wanted to know more. This miraculous occurrence seems to have helped pave the way for the preaching of the gospel through Peter to this large gathered crowd. The sound attracted the crowd and much of the crowd was astonished because they were witnessing something so unique, bizarre and unexplainable. No doubt many were curious, wondering what these things could mean. So neat to see God's perfect plan and timing in play here. Back then, there was no internet, no TV, no telephones. The day of Pentecost was the perfect platform for such an event. Jerusalem was the perfect place. And on this certain day, Jews had congregated from all over the known world. They came from many surrounding nations. Now they're about to hear the gospel proclaimed. And as we'll see later in this chapter, around 3,000 will believe that day. I'd assume at least a reasonable portion of these new converts will at some point return to the nation from which they came. The gospel very quickly is about to spread all over the Roman Empire. How efficient and perfect God's plan was, setting the stage for the gospel message to spread all over the Roman world. Moving on, Acts 2.14, but Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and spoke out to them. This is a new and changed Peter, born again by the Spirit of God, and empowered to be a bold witness of Jesus. This wasn't the Peter who denied Jesus three times and often acted rashly, though zealous, without knowledge and understanding. This was a man who had been changed by the grace of God. His spirit had been willing, but his flesh was weak. Now in the strength of the Holy Spirit, Peter was equipped to be an effective witness for Jesus. The Holy Spirit would bring to remembrance what Jesus had taught him. He was going to give Peter a mouth of wisdom, the words to speak that would bring glory to God. Peter was about to share the gospel, which is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. 
Now remember that Peter was an unlearned Galilean fisherman. He was nothing special in and of himself. And yet God delights in using the foolish and hated of this world to shame the wise. Christians are simply vessels. The power and the glory rests in Christ, his spirit, in his word. All right, so moving on, this is what Peter says. You men of Judea and all you who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to my words. For these aren't drunken, as you suppose, seeing it's only the third hour of the day. Bible commentator Adam Clark had remarked that most Jews didn't eat or drink until after the third hour of the day, which would have been 9 a.m., because that was the time for prayer. They would often only eat after they had finished their business with God. And Peter goes on, he says, but this is what has been spoken through the prophet Joel. Peter, led by the Holy Spirit, he turns to scripture. All the craziness that had just occurred, the speaking in tongues, the signs and wonders, weren't the end-all be-all experience. Those things were preparatory for the preaching and exposition of God's word. Moves of the Holy Spirit shouldn't take us away, but rather towards an emphasis and focus on God's word. The Holy Spirit's signs and wonders seemed to be a tool God was using to get their attention so that they could ultimately hear God's word proclaimed. The Apostle Paul had written in Romans 10, 17, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. And Jesus said in John 6, verse 63, the words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. The Holy Spirit can get people's attention in all kinds of ways and use all kinds of circumstances to draw people in and prepare hearts. Ultimately, moves of God by His Spirit will likely be accompanied with the eventual sharing of God's Word. His words are spirit and life. These are intertwined. God's Spirit witnesses to the truth. When truth is proclaimed, God's Spirit is in it. To clothe from on high With authority And power from the light Of the world Then the sound Like a rushing wind Filled the house With the Spirit And rested Give me life 
which was promised us by Jesus to heal us, giving us the word to say and preaching the good news to all creation. The great That was Tongues of Fire from the Adams Road album, Tongues of Fire.
That was an Adams Road Piano original piece. This is the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. You can learn more about us at AdamsRoadMinistry.com. Again, that's AdamsRoadMinistry.com. We release a new podcast episode every Saturday. Feel free to join us next week as we examine more of Acts chapter 2. Grace and peace be with you all.